Hey, I'm glad you're here today. My name is Larry. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, we uh, gather on a weekend really just because we are people in process on this spiritual journey to become wholehearted followers of Christ. And uh, really believe it's wonderful when we come together and invest in the fellowship of believers. Um, and we're just sensitive to allowing other people to come in here. So co- thank you for coming. And uh, we've been in uh, what I really love um, this conversation about this book we started in the new year that's not so new anymore, I know, it's May, um, called Believe, and um, <clears throat> we spent the first 10 weeks talking about some fundamental beliefs and really poking at and digging and scratching beyond the surface of what are some of the fundamental beliefs that we believe in, what do we think about these big idea topics um, when it comes to theology and thoughts, and um, got to poke at tradition versus um, scripture and just um, got to really dig into that. And then after Easter, since then, um, we're right smack in the middle of this conversation about how we act, right? So acting out our beliefs. If we believe this, then how do we get to act? <clears throat> and um, this book is an excellent, excellent resource if you're here for the first time or you haven't been here while we've been going through this. Um, would love to give this to you just as a generous gift because we believe it's just a great conversation to have and you can jump right in. So grab that from the information table or the new friends desk. And if you already have, um, I'm really hoping maybe even just today something stirred up into you that you're like, that's relatable. I can grab that. And I know somebody um, that I could have or should have that conversation with. And so I would encourage you to go throw them five bucks because you've already gotten your free one. Take that book and give it to somebody else and say, hey, you want to have a conversation with me? There's some really good stuff that I'd just love to unpack you don't have to believe any of this stuff. It's just a conversation. Let's see where we end up. Um, and I think there could be some really beautiful outcomes that happen when community happens that way and uh, God kind of gets a hold of it and starts to transform us. So make sure you grab that resource uh, on your way out. Um, and today's topic is a really light one. Um, it's called Total Surrender. Yeah, <laughs> super easy. Not just surrender, it's total surrender. I was like, yeah, way to make it easy. It's awesome. Um, and so I got to spend a lot of time this week really kind of digesting, like, what is total surrender? Oh my gosh, what does that even mean? And then, oh my goodness, what's the difference between obedience and surrendering? Is there like a, a difference between this stuff? And what does it look for me? And what does it look for, like for you? And <clears throat> um, I really kind of resonate with this idea, this language that probably a lot of you use or have used in the past, and it's, I got this. How many of you guys said, I got this, right? You're trying to, all right, we're excited about that. Yeah, nudge, nudge. Um, You're like around somebody or they're not doing it right. And you're like, I got this. Or they're like, hey, let me just, let me just grab that and help. I I see exactly what you need to do. And they're like, I got this, right? They're taking control of it. They've got a hold of it. And I don't care if you think you know the way or you're going to let them happen. And then kids even learn this. You know this if you've got kids or you've watched kids, especially like in the playground or something. They're like, mom, dad, watch this. Yeah, watch this. And. Dad's like, yeah, that's not that high. Come on, higher. <clears throat> Mom's like, no. And the kid's like, I got this. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Two flips. Let's do this. Give me legit. Nudge, nudge. This is awesome. Because <clears throat> we like to be in control. We like to control things. And we like to take over things. Or we like to be a backseat driver. Or we like to tell people how they, what, what they should watch. Or the way I like this, this one specifically real quick. My wife was in the first service, so I didn't say this. I can say it now. She's not here. Um, we have two totally different ways of fast forwarding through shows. Yeah. Yeah. My way is the right way. 
I got this. I got this. Because she's like, no, you have to do that. No, I got this. I know it's tedious, but tedious, but... Um, a lot of us uh, get, grasp on this idea of control freaks, right? You know them. They're like, oh, you're a control freak. Like, you have to do everything. And I know that's not any of you. You're just really detail-oriented. Um, so <clears throat> you're welcome here, too. And so I was like, is there, like, some pictures that we can grasp that, like, really evaluates and shows us what control looks like? So if you're, like, in a godless person or, like, a control freak, you know, you, know, you like to be in control of stuff, I thought of the elevator, specifically this button right here. You push it a lot, like someone's walking around the corner, you're like, ah, right? And I noticed this is, this is actually one of my favorite things. I have no idea what this is for, but I was like, huh, weird. This one says closed door too. This one says closed door. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is like no one's coming. This is like you might have to aggressively close the door because a human being is coming in with <laughs> that one. Same thing, you know, open the door now or like someone's stuck get them on stock. <laughs> We've done that. So that might be you. You know, you know if that's you. Detail-oriented, controlling person. Uh, or what about this one? Dog on a leash. Just for the love. <laughs> Let him swim. Give him a little bit of freedom. <laughs> I mean, we don't got to control him that much. Just wants to just get wet. <clears throat> or, I'm going to say it, kids on a leash. Oh, some of you are like, yeah, they're teenagers. Let them go. <laughs> Just watch them. See what happens. <laughs> Anyways, those are some pictures. There's lots more out there. I'm not going to poke at everybody. Um, this whole idea of control, though, uh, man, is it so relatable. Uh, it pokes at all of us. And it's really this idea that we tease out um, with things like certainty versus uncertainty, Right? There's a, a certain type of comfort with being in control. There's a certainty to it of like, I'm controlling it. I'm going to make sure the outcome is just how I want it versus uncertainty. Some of you can't even vacation without certainty, right? You're like, no, it's a vacation. How I rest is I know every single thing that's happening at every moment and I'm in control of this, right? Some of you hate to fly because you don't like uncertainty. Yeah. Um, also, this idea when it comes to control of powerful versus vulnerable, Right? We like to be in a place of power and have power over a situation or a circumstance. Nobody really likes to be vulnerable, and that's why it's so tough to surrender something or not be in control of stuff because it stirs up this vulnerability in me, this comfort that is uncomfortable. Well, this idea of independent versus dependent. You, you go from this independence, like I have independence uh, uh, in this thing, um, and, uh, and, and now I want to grow up and ha- be dependent on myself, right? You, and the thing is, culturally, we're taught this from a really young age. I mean, if you even just look at a child growing up or as you grew up, you learned how to go to the bathroom by yourself. Congratulations. More dependent. Um, then you learn how to tie your shoes. You learn how to walk. You learn how to ride a bike. You learn how to drive a car. Um, you learn how to type. It's this constant... Uh, growing up or moving towards um, dependence uh, uh, on own, independence completely by yourself, from dependence on someone or something to independence. I am free. And really what we do is we look at them like, well, that's what it looks like to be mature is I'm independent. I'm not dependent on something else. So therefore I have matured. I've grown up. I've taken responsibility. And to be dependent on somebody feels a little like immature, right? Right? 
And it's this cultural thing that we really struggle with about, well, that feels immature to be dependent on something else, and so I need to control it. And it really pokes at this last idea of weak versus strong, that, you know, when I'm not dependent, um, when I'm not independent and I'm just dependent on someone else or something else, I really feel weak instead of strong. And you even see this, especially when something happens with someone's health or what they used to be able to do or something happens and now I can't walk or now I need help with this or I can't use my arm. And all of a sudden you're dependent on someone else and you're like, I feel so weak. I feel so weak right now. I want to be strong and be able to take it myself. And this whole idea throughout the scriptures that God wants us to surrender control of our lives Um, we kind of struggle with it. But at the same time, at some level, we're okay with it when it comes to our eternity, when it comes to the future. Hey, you want me to surrender control there? I got this. I can't control eternity anyway, so I will surrender control to you. And then we say, "But, but wait, if we're not talking about someday, but we're talking about like now, the things that I'd like to control, you want me to surrender control of my finances? Now, you want me to surrender control of my dating? Now, my relationships? Now, my marriage? Now, my kids? Now, my business? Someday, I'm okay with that. But the things I can control now, ah, I really kind of struggle with that. And we live in this um, tension. We live in this tension that someday thing, I don't know I have control over, we're good with. But when it comes to something we feel like we can control, could control, um, those are the things we aren't really willing to let go. And then something happens to your health, right? And then something happens. The business starts to go under. Then something happens. The relationship starts to deteriorate. Then something happens. The kids start to go off in a direction that you never thought they would go. And suddenly you realize, come on, you're not in as much control as you thought you are, right? And then what do you do? Then what do you do? This is no longer (laughs) a someday idea. This is a today. Like I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and deal with the same sort of idea and the same sort of issue. And we quickly go from this I got this mentality to, will somebody help me? (laughs) Hello. And so I want to tease out and kind of discuss a little bit today and ask this question. Is this a sin issue, this idea of control? And uh, what we're going to kind of look at and see a little bit is that it existed before sin existed in the world and this very struggle that we're going to talk about today. And uh, I'm going to hop into Genesis 2. So if you have your Bible with you or you have your app, our app, by the way, we just did a totally new update, so you should snag it. It's got great resources. It's got the Bible in there. It's got a whole Sunday section for connection cards. You can actually go on there and listen to the worship we're specifically doing so you can learn the songs. There's a bunch of really cool stuff. So you're going to go to Genesis 2. It's in the beginning of the Bible. It's the first book. We're, uh, we're going to knock out two chapters today and uh, talk through that a little bit. 
So this is like in the very beginning. <clears throat> Moses wrote this book. There's thought there could have been a couple other authors too later on. It's uh, paired up with the creation story. Um, we're going to get into it a little bit. We're not going to go uh, all the way through the theology of it. We're going to grab some big concepts. If you have heard this story before, many of you are fairly familiar with this. Um, even if you don't do the church thing and you're new with this, try all of you just to kind of forget about what you think you know or what you know and just hear this with the idea of surrendering control or just human nature in mind, um, maybe even acting like you're hearing it again for the first time. So Genesis 2, 8 says, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. So he made a guy, right? This guy's name's Adam. <clears throat> the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden uh, were the tree of life and the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So right there, that's good. You're saying, hey, God put you there and says, hey, here's purpose. Here's some control. Here's some stuff where you feel powerful. You're going to work it. You're going to take care of these things. I'm giving you some things that I know you need and that you want. And the Lord God commanded the man... You're free. You're free to eat whatever you want to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not. He did not say did not. You cannot. You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So what we have here is this whole idea of these two trees. You have two ideas, two paths, two options. You have one tree that represents death, and you have one tree that represents life. So Adam has this option, this control. He says, hey, you can have anything you want. You get to have power. You can have control. You have choice. And you have life and abundance all the time right here. But you must not. I'm going to tell you right now. In your freedom of opportunity, you must not eat from this one because it will lead to death. How many of us are in a place where we catch ourselves between two choices? Hmm, what am I going to do? I have the option for this. Looks good. I have the option for this. Looks good. But that's interesting, right? <laughs> so you have this, this uh, a scene right here that's beginning to unveil. So then it continues on. <clears throat> it says, the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. So I will make a, a helper. All the ladies like it. It says helper, not servant. <clears throat> I'll make a helper. I'm poking at it for real. Oh, even applause. That's good. I'll make a helper. You guys are going to do this thing together. You're going to control this thing together. You guys are going to be team. You guys are going to eat the same food. You guys get this choice suitable for you. And then I think he just throws in this fun detail. And Adam and his wife were both naked. Some of you just woke up. You're like, what are we talking about? This is great. And they felt no shame. That's just what it looks like to be perfect. You're in the beginning. You're perfectly made. No shame. And so, uh, thanks for moving me on. Let's get. <clears throat> now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. 
So we see right here, she clearly gets the instructions. She not only heard them, she was able to repeat them back with clarity, right? You ever done that? What did you hear me say? She would have passed that test. That's exactly what he just said. So it continues on. You won't certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat it, eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. How many of us have ever been in a situation where we want to feel like a God? More often than not, you want to be in control of yourself. You want to be in control of other people. And essentially, that's like being a God in control. He's saying, look it, you get to be in control of everything. You're not going to die from this. For God knows that when you eat it, your eyes are going to be opened. You can go to the next. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable. How many of those decisions? Good, pleasing, desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was, he wasn't somewhere else. He was standing right there with her. He was with her and they ate it. You know what that looks like? You ever been in a world where it's like, you know the right decision, right? This is what we should do. But you're hovering around the other thing and you're like, but it looks delicious. <laughs> it's pleasing. And you start talking and you're with somebody else. Usually you start talking them through it. Well, <laughs> I don't think we'll really die, right? No, nah, we won't die. That's crazy. He loves us, right? Or we're like, ah, oh, it might turn out really good. It's really the best option. And it's, we'll get, you'll get, if anything, we're going to learn a lesson. We're going to be wiser, Right? Yeah, let's try that out. When you see that it's pleasing and that would be good for this and good for eating, you're not far away from it, right? That means you're hovering around it. How many of us are catching ourselves a lot of times just hovering around a bad decision that we want to be in control of, right? When we really just need to get away from it, real far away and just hang around this life decision. And so he said he gave some to her husband and she ate it. He ate it, and then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized, you ain't perfect, you're naked. <clears throat> so they <laughs> sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then this is what happens. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. How many of you ever done that one? How many of you ever made a decision? You're like, I'm in control. This is going to be great. I got this. And then you did that, and it was not great, and then you're hiding from other people, and you're even hiding from God, thinking he didn't, he didn't see me. He don't see me, as sneaky Jesus, right? <laughs> I know you've done that stuff. You, you know you've been a part of every bad decision you've ever made. You've been there. You were there. You might not think you were there. You were there. So is he. <clears throat> um, so they thought, let's hide from him in the trees, <laughs> among the garden. But the Lord called out to the man and said, where are you at? Where are you? And he said, oh, we were just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad decision. And he's like, did you eat from that tree of death, that one we talked about? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Um, that woman that you made, 
I was with her. Um, and then she gave me some, and so he did one of the looks over to her. And she's like, hold up. That serpent you made, he told me to have it. And that's what we do too. And decisions we're trying to control, we're just trying to pass the blame on. But, but, it, oh, over here. Isn't that funny? Isn't this so relatable? Man, isn't this so relatable? Our desire for control is not a result of our sin nature. It's a result of our human nature. This is beforehand. There are some decisions you make where you control it, where your intentions are good. They just are. There's other times that your intentions are good and it ends up being very bad because you're controlling it. This whole idea comes from the very beginning because... Our human nature is we were created in the image and the likeness of God. But friends, we are not like God. And we are not God on purpose. We need a God who gives us that abundance life. And this isn't, um, I know that right now I need to have a conversation with some of you that are having a conversation in your head with me right now. and saying like, Larry, this book... Genesis was written 1,600 years before Jesus was even born. You're trying to come here and tell me that a guy who wrote this that wasn't even there, um, like this really happened, we're going to play this game like a talking snake and, you know, the naked people and God's, it's a nice day, it's cool and stuff out. Um, I'm not even going to get into the theology of it right now, but I'm going to like poke at this. Let's not have a conversation of, did this happen? It's recognizing that this happens all the time to you and to me. And maybe just based off of that, it happened. This is what's happening on the regular basis between me and you. Um, The process of surrendering, so how do we do this, this total surrender idea? is the process of surrendering control begins with deciding who you can trust. It's a trust issue, really. Who are you willing to hand the keys over to? A lot of us really struggle with that idea. A lot of us really struggle with this whole idea. Like a lot of us are like really struggling with this whole thing. Um, For weeks now... I've um, ended uh, our conversations on the weekend with a theological statement um, that I believe is very true in my life, your life, just biblically. And that is there's nothing so broken, there's nothing so lost, there's nothing so dead in your life that God can't mend, he can't redeem or resurrect, and he can't find. Um, this, this is where I think that whole theological idea lives. We are very broken people, me included. Many of you are broken, broken people. There is something um, in my life that has been broken for a long time. um, I've made all kinds of excuses for it, and I've hovered around this tree and said, I can fix this, I've got this, God, leave this alone, um, I'm going to work on me and make myself a better person. And, 
And I've had, um, uh, I've talked about this before, but I've had a bunch of back issues, and so I've made excuses for different stuff of my control. But a place where most of my life that I have been broken is my weight. <clears throat> it's my weight. Um, and um, I have gone on this like roller coaster of like, okay. Um, I'm going to take control of this. And I literally have played and built a little tree house over here. Of like, I'm going to control it. I'm going to do it better for me. And I'm going to eat this fruit. And I'm going to do this. And this is going to work. And everyone wants to give their opinion on this tree. <laughs> and how pleasing he is and how to do it better and stuff like that. And so um, something happened to me as I, as, as I processed this whole idea of this, ending our services like this in the future. And as Ken has been... <laughs> graciously handing this mantle of responsibility over to me and allowing me to pastor and be in community with all of you. And uh, I had this really clear thought of, gosh, if I'm going to stand up in front of people and, and actually say, there's nothing so broken in your life that God cannot mend. There's nothing so lost that he cannot find. There's nothing so dead that he cannot resurrect in. I have to be willing to let him do that transformative work in me first. Um, and that's a really vulnerable place to be. And so, November 6th, hold on, I actually don't want you to clap for this because you're going to think you should, but I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't, right, as soon as I think you should. <clears throat> <laughs> so just hold on to me for a second, bite your lip. Don't take the fruit. <laughs> so um, November 6th, um, I decided I need to do that. I need to totally surrender and I woke up every morning and I wake up every day and I say, God, here's my feet. Where would you have me walk? God, here's my legs. Where would you take me? God, here's my hands. What would you have me hold? Here's my head. What would you have me think? Here's my mouth. What would you have me say? Here's my ears. What would you have me hear? Here's my eyes. Here's, here's my stomach. What would you have me put in it? Where would you have me sit? Here's my knees. Where would you have me kneel? Um... And it was a total surrender. And the result of a total surrender finally saying, I'm going to choose life and say, I am weak in this area. I cannot control this area. And I need you to take control. So I started that in November 6th to say, hey, I'm going to fast through this process as Ken is transitioning and hand this to me because I need to be a new me. And there is broken things in me that God has got to begin to mend. And I have to be willing to let him do it through this. And as a result of that, this is not me, this is God. Um, as a result of that, I have new life as I've lost 130 pounds. Hold on, ah, ah, this is where you're supposed to do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't say this is pleasing and celebrate me. I'm giving you a real life example, friends. It's not to deter, yes, there's hard work because this is what's hard work, right? We think this is hard work. We're like, yeah, controlling it is hard work. You have to be disciplined to control it. This is actually where discipline lives. It's an open hand. That's real life. That's real result of total surrender. And the beautiful thing is, is life happens from it in abundance. And what I just did was extremely uncomfortable <laughs> and very vulnerable because it's, hold on, it's something that you can see. You know, I could talk about, I talk about lots of other stuff and issues. You can't see them. You can just check up on them. And it's not to say that I'm not going to get just like where you get, where you start fumbling around there and you start name in your tree, you're like, I missed you, buddy, and you start refixing the ladder to climb up in there, and you make a house, right? I know you. I know me. We're the same. The, 
process of surrendering control begins with deciding who do you trust? Friends, who do you trust? And I'm talking to the believers in here. <laughs> who do you trust? Where are you making base camp? You know where you're broken because you are. Where are you broken that you're just like, I'm going to control it. I got this. I know you got my eternity, but I got this. Where is it? I'm not even going to poke at any ideas anymore. Where is it that you're a little lost, kind of wandering around, and you need kind of a flashlight to guide you back over here and say, hey, it's for you. It's life. Where is it that you're sitting out there that you're just feeling a little dead? And for some of you who don't know Jesus, or for some of you who knew Jesus a long time ago, and you've done the church thing, I want to tell you, some of you are saying like, hey, here's the deal. This is all great, Larry, and I stumbled in here today. Or you know someone who's, who's dealing with this. They're saying, no, look it, I have lived in that tree so doggone long. <laughs> I don't even know what the other one looks like. I can't find my way there. That's my identity. I'm not lovable. I'm not desirable. The things that I've done, the things that I've been, that's my identity. I'm going to tell you right now, friends, that you're not. It was written in pencil by you a long time ago. And for some reason, you think it was written in ink because the creator of creation sent his holy son to do this really beautiful thing, to create a new covenant, biblical term, to give you an adoption, biblical term, adoption, and say, you, no you. You get to be in, and I'm not signing this in, in ink, you get the tree of life forever, right now, and eternity, and I'm signing it in my blood. The Holy Son of God said, my blood, sacrificed, so you can have life. So some of y'all right now just need to quit it. You just do. You just need to stop it. Stop saying that's my identity, that's who I am, that's the tree that I live in, whatever you've named it, whatever it's named you back, right? Whatever it tastes like, whatever it's doing, it's not yours and it doesn't need to be because you have life. So climb on down today and walk back over here. So the theology is really simple. There is nothing so broken in your life, friends, that God cannot mend it and do transformative work in your life and it can start today. And for some of you, it's tickling at you right now. And for some of you, you're trying to punch it away. There is nothing so lost in your life or in yourself that God cannot find it again and bring it into the light. He's the only one who can do that transformative work. And there is nothing so dead in your relationships, in your health, in your soul that he cannot resurrect again. And friends, some of you today need to let something die all the way so he can resurrect it. So knock it off. And come home. Some of you need to do that today. Would you bow your heads with me? God, thank you for taking my broken mess <laughs> and allowing me to display the work that you're doing in me. In our reality, giving me accountable to focusing even more so on you in the future. Father, would you <clears throat> break us where we need to be broken and then begin your mending process? God, today do a cleansing, do a cleaning out. God, may we confess those of us that need to confess. Thank you that you are a God of redemption that you're God of healing, that you're God of resurrection. May we let the things that need to die stay dead. 
or kill it all of the way. God, not just the things that we know for a fact aren't in our control. God, the things that we know for a fact are in our control and shouldn't be. And Father, for my friends today, as you stir and your spirit stirs in their heart and their soul and calls them to this tree of life, this life of abundance, this life in eternity and now, God, may you welcome them, may you give them peace like only you can, and joy and love. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So I was having a conversation with Jerry Schenk. He's our student pastor. Um, and I love having a good conversation with him. He's a great communicator. He talks every week to the students a couple times a week, our middle schoolers and our high schoolers. And on Tuesday, um, we get together and have coffee together in the morning and <clears throat> kind of poke around stuff. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm trying to figure out this whole total surrender thing. And, you know, like, you know, we were talking about a bunch of stories in the Bible. And it was like, is that obedience or is that obedience? Is surrender obedience? And this whole back and forth, we were, we're weirdos. And he's like, man, this is like totally one of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes. And he shared it with me, and I thought that was a great way to end and just to share it with you. It says this, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like in ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Isn't that so true? How many of you guys are playing in the mud right now? When vacation and life and goodness and the fruit of the Spirit is right there for the taking and right there for the giving. Would you stand? If this is your first time with us, um, I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that we get to be in a process together. I'm thankful that we just get to continue to like dredge things up and learn how to be a follower of Jesus. If today is that day that um, you just need to stop it and there's something feeling broken, lost, or dead, or maybe today you may need to make the first time decision that is life and you need life. You need to surrender, total surrender of control. There are going to be people right up front here for the next 10 minutes. You don't have to come right away. But yes, you need to come up front. And they want to help you begin that transformative work that only God can do. Not from a sneaky, quiet place in your chair, but from a place right up front, coming and surrendering these things to him. A lot of you guys are probably in that place and space. Don't miss out on that. Don't walk out on that. Let him do his transformative work in you. Um, Make sure you grab your Believe book. Thank you for your gifts, your generous living, and love to pray for you guys. A great place on the app. Do that. I want to send you off the blessing. May this week you receive infinite joy because of your total surrender. <laughs> There's a stipulation to it. There is true joy there, friends, when you can find out how to totally surrender. And may you give that gift to someone else. Have a conversation. I love you. May you go in peace. I'll see you next week.